Welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Chef Notepad. It is a seriously good tool that all chefs need to have. It's as important as a knife. If you don't have Chef Notepad, you can't cook delicious food and know how much it costs. That's the most important thing for, for business owners and chefs. So Chef Notepad helps you with everything. No more messy spreadsheets. No more looking for recipes. It's all in the one spot. Chef Notepad, check it out. Also, Suncoast Fresh has its ordering app. If you haven't had a look at that or you're not using that, please do. All your prices are on there, old invoices, multiple users. You can see if, you're, if your team's put the order in or anything like that. Uh, seasonal stuff, uh, app specials, it is awesome as well. So go check out the Suncoast ordering app as well. Today's podcast is Mr. Richard Moen. He is the pepper dude, pepper guy. He knows all things peppers. Uh, and he has a really interesting story and he can tell us all about peppers and where they come from. Uh, Midgen Eco Produce is the name of his uh, business. And he's a cool guy. You're going to love him. You probably know who he is he's an absolute legend and an expert on peppers enjoy g'day richard how are you i'm well graham yourself very well That's thank you it. for having us in paradise no problem at all richard mohan mowen mowen like mowing the lawn or moaning well as my mum used to say mowing by name mowing by nature what but is the name of your beautiful pepper farm the uh, business is called Midgem Eco Produce. Midgem being a, a local uh, bush tucker plant that the Aboriginals used to, um, I suppose, um, use throughout the year to um, gather berries, et cetera, et cetera. But that, um, that's what na- everyone knows you as the pepper dude, yeah? Mm-hmm, correct. I think you're pepper guy in my phone. Pepper guy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people know who you are already and you're quite famous for supplying um, beautiful peppers from all over the world. Uh, and we are lucky enough to have them them grown in this beautiful, beautiful piece of paradise. Explain where these beautiful peppers are coming from. Whereabouts are we? Um, we're in the uh, Mary Valley and sort of around about 20 minutes from Mullaney. So it's sort of like uh, the back road to go to Kenilworth, Yamundi, back onto the, the highway. So we have up 320 acres here. We've been here for about oh, 12 years now. Wow. Uh, although we did start the farm up in Mullaney around about 15 years ago, but we sold our property there to come down here. This is such a beautiful part of the world. We have another guest coming in, number 27, Cow. Um, we are so fortunate to be here, and I think it's every guy who lives in the city and probably every chef that you get to work with, if they haven't been here, they probably really should. Um, I'm inviting lots of people to your farm here, but um, mm. it's such a beautiful uh, place, and it's so inspiring to be here. Mm. It was sort of in between these two valleys, mm. and did you tell me you've got uh, is that water that runs through here as well? Yeah, it's sort of like a creek that runs, but it only runs when it's raining now with climate change. When we first came here, it was running permanently. Yeah, right. And now it's only when... Um, we get a decent rain, then we get some water in. So uh, yeah, but there's always heaps of water for the cows. The only trouble is with the um, the crops. We ran out of water around about ten years ago and had to put in a um, a bore. Right. L- luckily, that saved our, our bacon. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. no water, no peppers. Yeah. Yeah, we were about. I was coming into season about November, and we literally ran out of water. I was going, wow, because the dam wasn't filling up. And I thought, right, buddy, get a buddy boring. So we did. So was that the eighteen drought or the nineteen drought? No, that was around about 
2010, 2012, something like that. It was just before the Brisbane flooded. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good having a ball because you don't have to think about that type of stuff anymore. So 2021, we're into a, um, hopefully a, a, a great year. Uh, the farm is looking really good. It's loads of green. Um, we must have a... We're abundant now, right now. What is the season? November through when is the season? Well, the season proper is really sort of like around November through to about May. That's our outside crops. But over the years, we've sort of been tinkering and we've got a couple of greenhouses, as you can see. And now we actually grow 12 months of the year. The only trouble is that um, in winter, we get frosts here and gets quite cold. So the amount of peppers that you can grow because it's cooler temperatures, dies off. So our quantity goes down. So we, we're trying to get a business going through winter, but it's, it's difficult. Yeah. But we're swapping over to now in winter to some Spanish tomatoes that really go well. Oh, yeah, winter. I love them too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, me, yeah. tell me about those tomatoes. They're awesome. Um, they're, they're, um, we grow five different types now, and they're basically uh, from... Uh, the southern type part of Spain, Valencia and Almeria. And I got the seeds off an old Spanish guy a few years ago, six, seven years ago at the market, who was retiring and had no one to look after the farm. So he said, do you want the seeds? And I went, fantastic. <laughs> hey, so said, was that like you're just giving gold? Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> that is... Because um... you can't get those seeds no, anymore. No. And they're original, over 100 years old, pure, non-hybridised, you know. And they're great tomatoes. The only trouble is they have short shelf life. You know, yeah. You have to pick them, eat them within two days. That's how we should be eating, but really. Right. That's it. But you, how, often, how often do you get to, to Brazil? You go into the West End markets every time it's on? Correct, every Saturday. And what about Noosa? Do you go to that one? Every Sunday when we're in season, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. So like uh, Brisbane's our major, major yeah, yeah. market. And Noosa's, Noosa's great too. And we've been, in fact, we started, Noosa was the first market we went to and Shane Stanley, who's the owner, has been a really good uh, supporter of us through the years. Because you're the real deal. Oh, we hope you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those tomatoes, tell me about the one that you stuff and that, that egg recipe that you told me. Oh, yes, that yes, yes. Just, I've done that before and I put it in a little cafe, which is now gone. It used to be Freya's, but now, now it's mm. Elska's. But uh, he did, a like, not many, a few trays of them, but, yeah. Mm. You cut them open. Yes. You pretty much pour scrambled eggs in there, cheese. Is that it? Or you explained it better than that? It's um, um, a Catalan um, tomato called um, Montserrat, which is a great sexy name anyway. You you just want to buy them. But they're basically hollow and there's hardly any pulp in the middle. So what chefs do is they cut them in half and as you open them up, they become two bowls, I suppose. Now you have to pick them slightly unripe for this recipe, but when you do... You basically get some eggs and croutons and whatever, some smoky paprika, mix it all up and then pour a little bit into the uh, the cups and then some manchego cheese on top and then oh, it's just right. grilled underneath a salamander. Simple but beautiful. And I tell you, when you whenever you're cutting these tomatoes, even looking at, you are doubting this the whole time until right. you get it in your mouth. And yeah. so I think it's Correct. actually quite how you sell these at the market is um, with your u- usual vibrance and passion. Um, what you're doing there at this market, and I encourage everyone who's in Brisbane or you get to Brisbane, make sure you whip down and see Richard and introduce yourself uh, and have a little chat about the peppers and, and the tomatoes. But how you explain that? you know, as well as you did, I still didn't believe it till I ate it and then I couldn't stop eating it. Like, I think 
pretty much whatever I didn't give to Freya, I ate myself. <laughs> um, so, but like you said, yeah, they do have a short shelf life, and they do. You know, nothing worse than getting something returned because someone wasn't aware no. of that. But um, and what we're trying to do, actually, as we're getting better at tomato growing, which is you know been you know growing organically, it's the hardest bloody thing to grow in Southeast Queensland um, because there's so much disease here, like fungal disease, bacteria, and then we have extremes of temperature. And then we have other soil problems. And of course, we can't really get rid of that, being organic, but we can just hold that back a little bit and we and harvest what we can to a certain extent. So there's always got to be a little bit that's always got to be have to be wasted. And you, but we've got lots of cows here, so uh, <laughs> they're always interested in so that. So they're part of your green green scheme, are they? They uh, feed it and pretty put it back much, in. yeah. <laughs> Is that how it works? They're or? pretty cluey when we're harvesting the tomatoes, they just hang the other side of the barbed wire with their mouths open going, <laughs> you know, what about me? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, they get so, uh, uh, they like their tomatoes and they like certain varieties. And after a while, they just won't eat the green ones. They just wait for the rotten red ones. Right. That's their, their favourites. And they go, oh, no green ones. I don't want them today. Yeah. What are you talking two, about? Two days. We'll that's, have the good ones. Two days. They only last two days, guys. Yeah, that makes them hard. That makes them uh, special and almost as special on the, on the menu as well. So, you know, I if people can get a hold of those uh, through you, and you'll have to let me know, and I'll, I'll do a little True. No, let people no know through my, my channels. Mm-hmm. I know you've got a great email database that you, you let everyone know things. Uh, let's talk peppers, because that's what you're, you're, you're the pepper dude. You're famous mm-hmm. for peppers. Correct. Um <laughs> So, you know, I did a video on them a little while ago, which I watched this morning to remind myself of how many peppers, and I think I went through about 16 of them, yep. one at a time, because there's no way I'm going to remember every single one of them. That's but, right. Um, we started off with the, the De Padron. Of course. You know, of course, it's, is it still? Is Shishito giving it a run for its money now? Um, yeah. The Japanese Shishito is very much like the Padron in Japan. They're, they're ubiquitous, and they're used for everything from... What, just frying simply, then they'll do teppanaki, you know, or whatever it's called, mm. you know, on skewers and meat. And then what's the other thing when you batter it and you, you know. Tempura. Tempura, yeah. Yep. Everything. It's real, it's just utilitarian. And um, we first got onto them, you know, oh, six, seven years ago because we had some American people who used to come to the markets once a year to Noosa. A lot of people come, have the same holidays every year, you yeah. know. And they br- would come in and say, oh, Richard. You gotta grill these shizido peppers. They're they're amazing. They're mm. everywhere in California and New mm. York. So I went, okay. So um I managed to score some seed through um various means and started growing them and then suddenly Japanese restaurants were asking for them, etc. And now they've come across and been you know, getting pretty close to being as popular as the padrons. And the thing is that they're not nearly as spicy as padrons as well. So people like them that and can feed it to the kids. Yeah, you know, so it becomes more of a. Yeah. You're still. Uh, I, I I always go into bat for you and say that you're excellent at getting the one in sort of five, one in seven, yeah, sort right. of hot. Um, <laughs> and I know you did tell me how you do that. So That's very, it. very good, very good. Yes. Um, okay. What other what other peppers? So we Spanish. Let's let's. What well, are, the, the what's Spanish. the other the, the padron and what's its mate? That's very like it. Slightly the, bigger. It's called Alcortos, and they're from the same uh, province northwest of um, extreme northwest of um, Spain called Galicia and it's um, the closest province to um, Republic of Ireland um, as the crow flies so where these peppers are grown is in a town called Ferrol and that part of the coast is um, 
it's actually quite Celtic uh, because obviously the, uh, the, the, the monks from Spain being Catholics and the Irish monks used to, you know, go back and forward, etc. So a lot of Celtic um, uh, you know, culture came to that part of Spain and a lot of um, Spanish culture went to that part of Ireland. In fact, um, that's where they think a lot of the Spanish-Irish came from, the dark-haired skin, because um, the monks used to be um, quite friendly with the local girls, if you know what I mean. Oh, yes, is that a part of their thing? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> supposedly it was a religious experience. So okay. it's, uh, yes. Well, you know, got to use your energy somewhere. That's right, that's right. Um, you want to shake hands? Here's a dog. This is called Sophie. Sophie. And she's a Marema. And we've got uh, five of these guys, and they're a North Italian guard dog. You've got five of them? Yeah, yeah. We um, should say six. So if someone burgles, there we are. Okay, we've covered five of them. There's definitely one more. Oh, we've got the Alsatians as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, the, uh, yeah. Oh, they're the ones that met me at the gate. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we kept them. We, we've got to start a, a, a business in mobile, um, basically free-ranging chooks. Oh, like yeah. A few years ago, when we yeah. figured about a business for winter, because we were growing the peppers and doing really well in summer, and then suddenly in winter we got no income, really, because it's too cold. So I was thinking about, and we've always had chooks. So I did some research, and so what you can do is have a, set up a little mobile um, little area for the chooks, you know, like around about 100 metre by 100 metre, portable electric fence, you put the chooks in, uh, a caravan for laying eggs, a caravan for um, you know, sleeping in, put your chooks in, and then basically they're there for three or four days. In three or four days, you just up sticks, move them. Yep. And so you, you know, they so the, get fresh pick all the time. So the dog goes around with them, is that it? Just, yeah. You, you, yeah put, right. you put a dog in as a puppy and they bond with the chooks. Yeah. And they never leave them. And um, I'm, as the master, I'm the only one who could, could approach them, you know. Yeah, okay. But um, one thing led to another, but um, I, won't, I won't tell you the full story, but pretty much I talked to a lady at West End Market who was doing it. And she said, be careful, it's a lot of work yeah. for not a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really tired. Yeah, All right, yeah. So, yeah. We've okay. got a bull coming up here too, so we might have to be just a bit careful. That's all right. If we are, then you just tell me and I'll run. Yeah. Um, it, it, it'll be okay, but it'll come over and he's a bit sort of, we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, um, the peppers, like we can easily go through all of them and we will actually go through. We'll do a little journey around the world, the Italian ones. But sure. tell me the history, the the monk history and sort of where they... The that, pimientos? Yeah. Um, well, all peppers, um, tomatoes, um, eggplants, are all part of the Solanaceae family, all came from southern uh, South America. And the Mayans and the Incans were the first ones to, to basically grow them I suppose, uh, as a crop. And then, of course, they had corn, they had lots, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of the peppers came from, uh, from Mexico. And uh, the original ones were very small, probably about uh, like small marbles. And the idea of a big pepper wasn't really there at all. So these peppers were domesticated, and then, of course, they became Incans and amazing um, uh, agriculturalists. And they, I suppose, just seed saved from particular type of pepper you might find an odd big one on a bush oh, yeah. so they keep that yeah and then they um, grow that out and then maybe uh, cross-pollinate it with another pepper and same with tomatoes and so they got bigger you know a lot of them lost their heat mm. etc 
Yeah, there's a bit of a, a pink. Um, just watch that bull behind you, Scarlett. Um, is it, so just, um, he'll be all right. Just come around here. Well, you don't get this every day, I okay. have to say. <laughs> the only thing all you have to do is just chill out and he'll go past you. Okay, I'm chilling. And if you do, like, just get up and walk slowly with the equipment to the shed. He's all right. Okay. He's a good, he's a really, really quiet bull. Yeah. We call him Abdul. Abdul. Abdul the bull, of course. Beautiful. <laughs> he's Abdul's stroke. Ah, ah, come on. One, five, Don't nine. play with the camera. Wait. Excuse me. One hey, come on. Just watch all the cords. Come on, off you go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is number 70. Oh, this is number 70. She's number 70 is not cool, apparently. But she's okay. If we just sit here. Just relax. Yeah. We're not doing anything. Well, watch those. Uh, what's the camera again, Scarlett? Yeah. Just, just be nice to the calf. Remember that it's mum is over there. Yeah. Okay, go away from the calf. Yeah, yeah. If it knocks the camera, it knocks the camera. It'll only do it once. Okay. Oh, here we go. It's going to get knocked. So number 70 is not uh, the cool cow. We talked about this, the, um, oops. There we are. Hang on, we're coming back around. Stay now. Stay. 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 Okay, so thank you for being patient, everyone out there. Uh, that's number 70. We don't mess with number 70, but no, that's no. all part of farming. And if ever a delivery was a little bit late, that's some of the reasons why um, that, you know, peppers <laughs> are delivered a bit late. So, you know, all good. Um, all part of the rich matrix. <laughs> yes. uh, it is a stunning out here, and you're lucky to have all these beautiful, what are they, Brahmin? Brahmins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're great. Um, yeah, well, anyway, that was fun. Yeah. Um, I keep yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, what, are we, right. what are we talking about? We're talking you be, about... You can become a war correspondent. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, peppers. So we're talking yes. about the monks, I think. And, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, then we went to the Incas. Yeah, yeah. They're famous for not only uh, mm. peppers, but uh, and they seed selected. Blah, blah, blah. Got bigger ones, got hotter ones. They did it with corn and about 5,000 odd potatoes. Uh, have you ever been to South America? No, I'd love to go there. Have you, those gardens that are terrible, like, what do they yeah, call that? Yeah, like um, uh, Machu Picchu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, 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 yeah. With all the different temperatures. And it is absolutely amazing. I've actually was so fortunate to have been there and, yeah, learned heaps about that. We'll talk about that another day. Okay. Um, peppers. So we've, been, we've got the Spanish yeah. ones. What about... Um, so, so pretty much what happened was that the conquistadors came across the Spanish to, you know, to conquered South America and, of course, brought lots of disease in and the, the civilization sort of fell away. But anyway, they, the monks who used to travel with them were the great collectors of uh, fauna and flora. So they used to bring back animals, seeds, plants back to Spain. And, and after that, the Portuguese came, did the same sort of stuff. And in fact, the Portuguese were probably the biggest spreaders of peppers in the world because they brought them through to China and Asia rather than the Spanish didn't really do it. So anyway, the monks would take them back to Spain. They'd go to a monastery. They had greenhouses there. They grew them up, etc., and they spread like that. So 
the Padrons and the Kotos are from Colithia, which is, you know, on the edge there, the northwest. So, um, yeah, they were really localised. The monks would have their own little varieties. Like, for instance, in Padron, where the Padrons are from, the, the particular pepper is very similar to the Okoto and probably came from the same sort of seed stock. But over the years, the Okoto has no spice. The Padron still has some spice. And then... Um, well, there's uh, heaps of other like, pimientos in Spain. We grow another one called Piment Anglet, which is um, a Basque one. It's long, big and fat, grilled really, um, grill really simply. And uh, then we've got, what else do we do? Guindillas from the Basque, a nice little sharp, little spicy one that they usually pickle. And then, gosh, we get into the Italian varieties like frigidellos. Yeah, and I don't see enough of them. It's probably my fault. I'm going to have to speak to all our beautiful Italian restaurants mm. that we deal with and actually get them because mm. I know that they would love them. I'm, so I've done an injustice there. I've got to, so tell me about the Italian ones. What, what do you do with those? Exactly the same. Yeah. Basically, our business is all our peppers are prepared the same way, um, just fried in oil, usually olive oil, and then salted and used as a, a type of a tapas, you know? Yeah. Even the Japanese ones and Greek ones, you know, they're all done the same way in their own countries. And it was quite a surprise to me all those years ago when I started growing padrons because we'd had them in Spain a few times. And then um, started growing them after three or four years. I went, oh, this is a bit boring. What's with something else out there, you know? Mm. I found the Okoto, which is like the, um, the padron, no spice. Suddenly our business went up 100% because... Um, families could have them rather than having, you know, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Restaurants as well. And then I went, oh, that's a bit boring. Let's find something else. So other people would talk to me saying, um, you know, back in the old country, we always grew these people. Richard, you have to have it. It's good. <laughs> if I get you the seeds, will you grow? <laughs> and I said, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, oh, a typical example is um, George Columbaris from the MasterChef. Yeah. About seven or eight years ago, they were doing an episode on Master Chef with Greek cuisine. And his PA contacted me and said, do you grow Stavros peppers? And I said, oh, no. He said, well, George wants them, so can you grow them? And I said, yeah. So they got me some seeds. So they planned ahead. So six months later, I had the, the stuff for them. Stavros. Stavros, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, when you gave me all that information on the peppers, I was like, practicing. It was like I was Stavros. That's right. It's like Russian Macedonian. Where are we done? What about China? Uh, yeah, we're growing Chinese peppers for the first time, well, third, third year in a row. And that's been um, really interesting because um, uh, they're called a lot of different names around the world, sometimes Long Jim, Long Slim Jims, blah, blah, blah. But their actual Chinese name is something which I can't pronounce, but it means Thunder Mountain in, in English. And they're from, it's from grown in this old volcanic caldera where the soil is just beautiful and rich and supposedly the best peppers in China come from there. But um, same things. We've got a spicy variety and a sweet variety. But it's just trying, it's a slowly, slowly thing to get that Chinese market um, because... On uh, cue. Yeah, there. <laughs> Fertilisation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... Um, and... Uh, it hasn't caught on really as, as fast as some other European varieties, but look, we've got to keep on growing them slowly, mm. slowly build that market, yeah. So uh, we've got Greek, we've got Spanish, we've got Italian, we've got, we've Turkish got Japanese. Now, if you want Turkish, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Turkish ones great. They're called sivri bibe. Bibe means pepper. Sivri is long and tapered, 
and they're ubiquitous in, in, in Turkey. All the little kids will eat them raw, for, you know, at school, and then, but the main thing is you, you grill them off and serve them with a, a sheep's milk yogurt with uh, raw red onion, garlic, and some parsley finely chopped. Oh, And nice. you just pour that over the top or dip it in and sort of swallow it down your throat. They're really, really good. They're great. Wow, that sounds delicious. What other countries have we not covered here? Because um, I know that there, I think I did 16 or so. I'll put that video up on Story as a permanent video so yeah. people can watch it. But uh, what, what are the That's other good. ones? Um, of course, we're doing poblanos from oh, Mexico. Yeah. Poblano. It's a nice little poblano. Okay. And um, they go off really well. What We don't grow them out full size, only to the size of a yeah. cricket ball. Yeah. So the spice is small and you can also just grill them slightly, you know? Yeah, you've got to keep in with yeah. all the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're lovely steaks, lovely smoky flavour. So do you have like, uh, you know, a Mexican farmer, a Spanish farmer? <laughs> or do you have like section? Do you have like Mexican hats down there in the greenhouse? Like, this is the Mexican ones. Only when we drink tequila. <laughs> okay. yeah. Which is every second day. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Now we have an Irish day where we have Guinness and then we have tequila and then <laughs> yeah. you've got to spread it out. You yeah, know? yeah. The workers have to be happy. I think um, people might, oh yeah, so I wanted to say, yeah, like you can get, Obviously, peppers through us at Suncoast, but also you send them to uh, other places around the whole country, don't you? You send um, them down. Tell well, me about all the famous people who are using your beautiful product. <laughs> okay. All the rock stars. Well, I've actually got a list here. Yes. Let's go through it. Um, now, we've been supplied. Our first um, uh, Melbourne restaurant that we supplied was, um, and still do, Matt McConnell's Ballerina. And he's 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 buys them every week and now and then we went his brother Andrew of course who runs super normal and couple and co cumulus gimlet and this huge big empire he came on board years ago and uh, he's been a great supporter and um, it's like and then it's like the family O'Connell <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah they've been really really good um, we supplied Neil Perry's Rockpool Bar and Grill um, restaurants beautiful uh, Frank Kimura's uh, Novita restaurants in Nolan yeah. Um, oh, okay. we'll be doing it for 15 years. So, so actually, lots. Yeah, I went through actually the other day to all the restaurants. And I was going, I can't even bloody remember to, <laughs> um, supplying that restaurant. Who <laughs> Then I go, oh, that's right. I did four years supplying them, you know, yeah. back in blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, peppers are one of those things. They sort of come and go, restaurants come and go. But you have those hardcore restaurants that have been with you for, you know, 14, 15 years and, that's our bread and butter, really. I don't mm. even have to think about that. And it's good having the relationship where our thing is that we avoid providors, mm. except for the best ones. Yeah, no, and, thank you um, for that. And we, we, we do feel very privileged that that's you do work with us. But yeah. it's, I think it's because we, we're not trying to cut out anything. Like, no. We just encourage it. Like, no. We just want to get your product out. If we can help. You know, I've often said to you, like, oh, we'll just deliver it. Whatever you want to do, I just want to get your product into restaurants. So. I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, we, 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 when we did our sort of, you know, we were just starting off and we were trying to make some money. And, so of course, you know, we never did farming before, but we just thought, well, it'd be good if we could actually just do a door-to-door overnight delivery business, you know, and it'll be fresher, you know. Obviously, the costs will be down, et cetera. So we started off with Australia Post and eventually went across to Star Trek Couriers, who have been great. The good thing about doing door-to-door to restaurants, the chefs have got like a like a really close personal relationship mm. with you. And say, for instance, you know, um, one week I'll say, oh, Matt, you know, look, pajons aren't great. Um, mm. I'm not really happy with them. Yeah. And um, 
how about trying something different? He said, Richard, I don't care, just send it, you know, you know, we trust you, mm. <laughs> which is great. Uh, I really love it. Beautiful. That is a great uh, uh, way of doing business and uh, we like to try and emulate that as much as possible in, in what we do as well. Mm. Um, what else happens out here? you got a little musical studio down there, I hear? Yeah, well, um, I used to be involved in the music business years ago and did a lot of studio engineering, etc. And then when we came up here, um, we bought our first bit of land in Mullaney, built this lovely house, and it came down to a choice, whether we put a kitchen in or get a baby grand piano. So the girls were young in those days, so I went, get the piano. I always wanted to grow up with the piano, but I never did. So we went down to Brisbane to the con and every year they replaced their pianos and they're half price and they're well played. So I got this baby grand, put it in and of course the girls started playing, mucking around and then started taking lessons. Anyway, they went through school and did really well at school and, you know, but at the end of it, they, they tried a bit of university, but didn't really gel for them. They, they had no great vocation. So anyway, Maya, my oldest, came back and I said, well, why don't we just build a little recording studio for you guys and I'll show you how to do a bit of engineering and see how you go. They've always loved music. So we did that and Maya really got into it. You know, she loves it. And so she, she's better at it than me now. But we started writing some songs and um, uh, then the second daughter, Vivian, uh, joined and so it was a duo for a while and they got their stuff on Triple J and Unearthed and got management interest and now um, number three Hanyas has joined as their drummer so it's a three piece and um, they've got their latest well their first single as Merry Valley they're called wow. funnily enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Merry Valley <laughs> and uh, well it was a great name we thought which looking for a name but we thought Merry Valley would be great because it's where they're from and you can imagine a, a couple of young American girls you know, from Kansas or something. Like, yeah. Mary Valley, I, I like that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it has got a nice ring to it yeah, from a yeah. bad name. I, I probably wouldn't have thought of it, but I, yeah. I like it, yeah. And, and, and promotionally, it's great. I, anyway, so they're doing really well and they're in the midst of a bit of a... Just talking to people in Britain at the moment mm. about um, right now. Yeah, trying. Well, yeah, yeah they are actually, <laughs> <laughs> and about helping and getting on board. And I mean, it's very difficult with the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, um, I was talking to a, a big manager in uh, Sydney, and he basically said, "Look, Richard, if the Beatles walked through the doors, I wouldn't sign them. Um, it's just that type of market at the moment." So, yeah. It's tough, but their music's really good, and um, well, we'll yeah. keep an eye out for that. Well, I'm hoping it's my superannuation. You don't think I'm doing farming for the other day? Like God, no. And uh, uh, tell me, um, and your wife's a poet? Is that is that she okay? She is. Yeah. 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 Her, what's, um, what's her name's her? Margie Cronin, but she writes under the nom de plume of um, M T C Cronin, and um, oh, she's been writing for a long time, and since university in Sydney, and um, She's published around the world and translated and doing really well. But um, as, I, as I was saying, that's a, not a lot of money in poetry. Yeah. But, but her main thing is um, South American and um, Spanish poetry. And in fact, before we moved to Mulaney 15 years ago, whatever it was, we were going to live in Spain. We, we picked a place because we loved it. We're going to go there. I'm Irish. You know, my kids have Irish passports, etc. Uh, Margie was going to probably get some work at a university there, teaching, 
and because um, she's got a PhD in MAs and blah, blah, blah. Hey, married, married a smart one. Good. That's right. That's right. Good to have a smart partner. And um, I always got to get work where I could because I can do anything sort of thing. But um, I ended up my mum had a really massive stroke and the whole family yeah. thing. And Margie's parents and mine were still living in Caloundra. So we thought, ah, oh, we'll come back and just live here for a year in Mullaney and, um, and then go. One thing leads to another and, <laughs> you know, I think we were driving one day down to Broome Pocket Dam in Mullaney and there was a sign saying 32 acres for sale, dam views. Oh, and I went, oh, don't look, don't look. <laughs> but because we're in Sydney and, you know, Sydney's just real estate, you yeah. know, we went up and went, oh, God, this is pretty good. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to that's buy it. this. That's it, that's it, that's right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your uh, your history. Like, what were you doing before this, you know, before you came up here in Sydney, you said? Uh, well, we we both studied law at, you know, at UQ. I thought you were smart. I've got some big words. Some of the biggest words we've ever had in the podcast, actually. We're going to be Googling. I'm actually holding back, I'm holding back Yeah, I can feel that I, you're I, sort I, of trying to. I could to, go to Latin if yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Please do. Uh, we're trying to hold back for everyone about no, this. No, that's right. No, look, I know that your um, listeners are incredibly intelligent people who are going to buy a whole lot of papers after I, this. I really do think that they will uh, buy more, and that's why I wanted to get to know you. Yeah. Um, this has been a really, you know, I feel very privileged to be able to say, hey, we do a podcast, as we call it, produce. Um, we, we're really, you know, I feel very lucky to be able to even, and I have the team behind me mm-hmm. that allows me to jump away for half a day every now and again, and one, get to know you myself, but also... Mm have people get to know and, and hopefully start mm. to um, build that confidence to mm. be able to use new products and, mm. and know that you're not a big scary monster on the other side <laughs> no. of the phone, that you are very approachable. No, and, the and cows are big scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Don't right. come near the L-stations so uh, without an it. invite that's or it. at least it. try to invite yourself. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what we're very, very fortunate. But tell me... Uh, um, what are the biggest, what, what struggles have you had? Because, you know, sitting here looking at you myself, you know, like I couldn't imagine anything better than be growing some peppers. I know you're working really hard, mm. but you're living in paradise. You've got three beautiful uh, children, mm-hmm. uh, a lovely wife, uh, five, six dogs, mm. uh, plus the Alsatians. Um, chooks and ducks. Chooks and ducks. I mean, wild deer. This is as pretty good as it, as it gets. That's yeah. right. The whale farm. Yeah. That's no, right. This, this is pretty good. Like, I, I can't imagine much more, you know, want. I d- ideally. Now, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you do, because we all do, no matter what you got. Sure. But, um,. Yeah, there must have been some struggles. What, what sort of anything in the, along the highway that we can learn from as, as chefs or as restaurateurs or business people? Well, actually, I'm running a course. No, I'm only joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call I was going to. We are a, now. Here we sort that out. Here's another big word. I, I, bucolic um, 101, you know. Right. But um, I, I don't know how we ended up here, to be honest. Um, some of the best and weirdest decisions just come, just float through, you know. But we've been in Sydney for over 20 years and we lived in the inner west, which is great because it's very, it was in Newtown. I don't know if you know, Newtown King Street. It's a restaurant heaven. It used to be the old Greek Italian area. So we had a house there and we're ensconced, had the three girls and then, but like I said, family up here. And also we'd been 20 years in one place, you know, it's a long time. And um, I think, you know, like my typical example is, we were working really hard, you know, just really hard and, and earning, you know, a bit of money, but it's things just slip by. Like, for instance, um, you want to take your daughters to the park for a bike ride. 
you know, so you get out of your bull-faced terrace, get the car, put the bikes in the back mm. and drive three kilometres to the a park and they just go round and round, you know, mm. and there's needles everywhere and, you yeah. know, that type of stuff. And then because you're really tired, for instance, um, we were eating, getting takeaways like four to five nights a week. Yeah. And literally the restaurants were two blocks up the road. And we get them delivered. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even worse now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know. And so I was going, where does this end? So I, in a way, my my mother having the stroke was it was bad, but obviously it was it was good because it made us sort of think about what we really wanted to do. Even though, I, as I said, we were making the big plans to go to Spain, but um, anyway, as they say, life gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you've done a tremendous job and you've got a, a fantastic product. And um, um, Obviously, how, how do people find you if they're just looking for you? They don't want to use these dodgy providers like me. How do they, how do they find you? Um, well, what's the pre- website? Maybe. Well, you've got the web, the web, got a website, Mijamiko. Uh, what is it? www.mijamiko.com.au. Yeah. Or you can always just Google Padron Peppers and yeah. we're usually at the top of the search bar. Nice. Yeah, there's some other people going them now. Um, and but they never seem to last very long. And yeah. I think it's because it's such a small market yeah. um, for peppers, which is which is terrible because, like, it, it's such a, a great food. All types of capsicum are great, you know, mm. tomatoes. But I like I the market. I have lots of ethnic people coming through, you know, and like Poles, Slavs, Latvians. They all come to to me to get peppers. Not exactly like theirs from back home, but. At least they're getting something that is, you know, closer, and they can do stuff culturally and cuisine-wise like they do at home mm. in the old countries. And um, and I, I suppose over the years, uh, I've I've you know I had a lot of different customers come, and they've become glued on um, private customers, and they'll take it a couple of kilos a year, and then they'll come and see me at the market, and then. I see them having little kids and over like 15 years, I see those kids broke, growing up and they come to the, to the market and with, you know, with their girlfriends and boyfriends mm-hmm. and, and they've been eating peppers since mm-hmm. they were yay high. And um, yeah, that's the sort of thing that warms your heart there, Graham, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I often wonder, you know, like it, it, you're living in Paris, it's, it takes a bit of effort to get up and get down to that, that market. I know you're there at what, 5 o'clock or something, buy it, that's where you get, you're there. 2, o'clock, two o'clock up. Four thirty start. Yeah. Trying to find the uh, yeah. trying to find the coffee person oh, before that everyone gets coffee, there. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get into rituals, you know, little things, and you know, and then, I mean, sometimes you wake up and go, oh god, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I doing? And it's pissing down rain, you know. And you're thinking, I'm going to go down, set up in the rain. I'm going to sit there for eight hours and with a a bootloader of bloody produce, and then I'm going to have to go and do it again the next day. And I go, oh, but. You get up and halfway down in Brisbane, you know, it stops raining. Yeah. You know, you put some nice music on and then you get there, you sit up, buy your first coffee, have something to eat, then get your first customers in and they like... See some friendly faces. Yeah, and then you're off and running and then you think, okay, and, you know. Do you have like a mantra that you say to yourself or anything like that? <laughs> Actually, Mmm, that's good, okay. <laughs> good question. Uh, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> Um, well, you know, my mantra, I suppose, in life is is be positive. And funnily enough, that's my blood type as well. So I yeah. can't get away from it. <laughs> so, so it's sort of like, you know, there's no 
And that's why I try to be humorous. You know, there's no point. A lot of the stories, sorry, stories, if you're out there, are really bloody boring. You know, it's just get it in, get the money. But, you know, if you go to farmer's markets overseas, like, for instance, we went to one in New York when we were there, and they're hilarious, these guys. Uh, Santa Monica Farmer's Market, my favourite. And is that because they actually are farmers? Um, like you're no, a not really. No, no. no. A, a lot of the small ones are, yeah. But yeah. say for in New York, that massive big farmers market, yeah. but they get their produce from small farmers yeah. around, you yeah, know. Yeah, which uh, sort of makes sense as yeah. long as it's coming from a farm. I yeah, mean, and they've got a direct stuff. contact. You yeah, know? yeah, that's what the I mean. Guy, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's obviously the difference between on-sellers who go to a big market. I can't stand that because they clean up all the shit on the market on Friday and then they're at a market almost looking like they grow it. Yeah. And these things are all the same size, bro. How do you grow them so perfectly? (laughs) Well, let's not get into it. I hate the bad bad mouth growers, you know. There's a place and a thing for everything. Yeah. And, you know, not, and of course, grown organically and small scale, your produce got to be a bit more expensive. Yeah. And I don't mind people, look, if that's what they can afford, that's what they can afford. But, you know, it'd be good. You can see them directly opposite buying this stuff, and they sometimes I'll come across to you and have a chat, and you know, and you get them on board, and, yeah. and especially younger people are, are much more sort of like interested. But um, yeah, I think um, like for instance, we're in New York, Margie and I, and um, and, and two of us, two of the girls were alive, and uh, we went to this market, and uh, you know, they you get these guys from the Bronx and the B accents, you know, and they're selling this great produce and. And you're talking to them and then they'll say something like, uh, look, you look like nice people, you know? I'm going to do this for you right now. And they'll give them, here's that, go home, you eat it, you don't like it, you come back and see me, you know? But this is the best. So you go, oh, thanks, mate, and grab some stuff and you move on to the next guy and, and you're talking to him. And then the next thing you know, the guy that you've just gone past is with someone else going, look, you look like a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do this for you, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that got and that's pretty much what you do now. Yeah, yeah well, I try, I try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you got like five or six of them. <laughs> well, the trouble is if you start telling stories to different people, like I, because I'm sleep deprived and I've got a coffee and, you know, I'm, I'm flying by the time it's 7, yeah. 7.30. If I have a lot of people, it just, it's all energy, you know, yeah. you have to be really quick because I'm yeah. by myself. And um, I have to, remember the silly stories that I tell people because I, I tell, <laughs> I just go off on this word um, association tangent and I'm thinking, what did, what did I tell him last week? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know what you mean. I used to do the same thing on the juice combi. You'd like, you yeah. have a different story for different people. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But, but they love it. You know, people, people What is want the one question that gets asked every week? Nick, um, uh, a lot of people want to know if it's spray free. Okay. Uh, which is a logical question. Yep. And I tell them, look, we grow organically. We're not certified organic. But, you know, we've been through, I think we went three years into biodynamic certification, but we didn't follow through for various reasons. But we've always grown organically. And then you explain to them, look, if you don't spray with certain organics, at least, you, you, with tomatoes and peppers, you won't have a crop. Mm. And they say, what do you mean? You don't have to spray. So, well, you sort of do. And, but you, if you spray with organically certified products... You're covered. Mm. Like a typical example is something like we have this little little bugger of a bug called Broadenite. It's 0.1 of a mil. And it f- goes underneath the, the new foliage, new leaves that are growing at the top of the plant, and they suck. And as they're sucking um, the, uh, the sap, they inject it, um, a toxin into the plant. 
And what it does, the plant over a series of weeks goes necrotic and that those leaves just crumple up and go dead and you get no more peppers. So how do you get rid of it organically? And it used to, one of my big things, I could never work out. And then I got onto the web, great, you know, <laughs> and started Googling things. And then one guy says, use sulfur. And I went, sulfur, you know. And sulfur is a byproduct, funnily enough, of coal-fired um, bloody power stations. It's really cheap. Anyway, you get this pure sulfur and it's really like a talc. Put it in some water, put it in your backpack and spray it upside down the leaves. And what it does, it doesn't kill the broadmite, but it makes them really angry and pisses them off. Yeah, right. So the thing is that if you add other little things to it, you know, da-da-da, some kelp powder, like that. So you're doing a whole lot of things in one spray, but you have to do it every week. Yeah. If you don't do it in a week, the beasties come and <laughs> you can go, you know, and you, it takes six weeks to catch up. So you have to be on it because they have a breeding cycle. You have to break the breeding cycle because they breed every bloody couple of days. Whew. I know, tell me about it. Lucky buggers. Yeah, well, that's right. They're, but at least they're under the leaves so no one can see them, Graham. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're <laughs> decorum at all. Very <laughs> good. It's always lovely to talk to you. And like I said, I think earlier, uh, if anyone is in Brizzy, uh, make sure you rock into that uh, West End market there and, and just go see you. And hmm. No one else. Go with coffee. No one else. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and check them all out because you've, you've always got a big full range there. Now, what I want you to do is a hmm. quick quick test for you. Okay. Rip through. Uh, look at you. You're the first person ever really up for this. Most right, people okay. are like, oh, what? Right. I've got to name my own products. Uh, rip out, uh, I want uh, 15 of the peppers. N the Badron Rara. 15 varieties. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Pimientos de Padron. Number two, Ocotos. Number three, Genicas. Number four, Guindillas. Uh, number five, Pimot de Anglet. Uh, number six, Lombados. Number seven, Frigitelis or Fririle de Napoli. Uh, number eight, are we? Um, Shizitos. Number nine, Fushibis. Ten, Stavros. Uh, Eleven, uh, Pimot de Anglet. Number twelve uh, would be the Thunder Mountains from China. Uh, number thirteen, Anaheims from Texas. Uh, Two more. 14, Poblanos. Oh, Poblanos, the easy one at the <laughs> end. That's right. And um, number 15. Come on, don't make uh, it up. I know what you like. <laughs> <laughs> 15. Uh, we've got, well, we've got this other one called a Thai sweet. We haven't run it for a while, but it's very unusual. When you cook it up, it smells like musk. I'll take it. Not very popular, <laughs> but very unusual. Beautiful. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're a very smart man. You're a very uh, generous and kind man, and it is a pleasure <laughs> talking to you and all the rest, which I, you know, I do say a lot, but you are. And uh, I appreciate you having us out here in this beautiful, what I would call heaven. It's what I yearn for in my life a lot. So um, once again... Thank you. Do you want to put an offer in? Huh? Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, I probably can. I really need a rest, guy. <laughs> yeah. Take on a farm. You Go should on. do like farm stay. Set a little cottage up here. Oh, Come and pick the peppers. Okay, watch out for number 70 cow or bull. Or whatever. <laughs> That's right. And you could have a sprinting thing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look after the chooks, watch that's out for it, the Alsatians. Well, that's it. Pick them. Um, Me and Marky, the kids are off overseas. They can't go overseas, can you? Go. I'll come stay here when you go, don't yeah, worry. You're right, yeah, you're right. Well, we're thinking about homestays and then getting or getting someone to take over the farm for a couple of weeks, but God, 
there's so much routine you'd have to know, you know, you just can't do it. Yeah, you just can't go off well, it. I can hardly leave my own job, that line. It's well, pretty let's simple. do a swap. Yeah, right, Could be a yeah, tale of yeah, two yeah. cities, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like a bachelor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you got to do a couple of podcasts. Uh, you probably, I can't have you doing it better than me, so have, maybe not. No one can do that, great. Oh. You know, they're, they're, crap <laughs> okay well thank you very much for being on the broadcast no did i forget anything scarlet i don't think so i think it's all pretty good all righty beautiful okay i two, really two really pros. appreciate it <laughs> okay mate thank you no worries mate cheers, cheers. thanks for coming what about you do i thank you huh? do i thank you keeping us safe from the big cup